Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. The checkered flag ends the race, but not the race talk. Have your say. Ask the experts. Make your point. Post race tech. The end of the race is only the beginning. Well, what a race we had there. First half of the race pretty much was under green flag conditions for the Chevrolet Grand Prix at CTMP. Hashtag at Michelin PRT. Uh, Jeremy Shaw, before we go very much further, we've still got Shay Adam uh, down uh, in uh, the uh, victory lane area. We'll try and grab a couple more interviews. Any more points that we need to go through that we haven't spoken about now? Uh, as Shea Adam is still down there. Shea, just shout up. You, I'm going to leave you faded up. You just shout up. Jeremy, okay. what do you have? Yeah, points in GTP now. Just 10 points separate uh, Pupa Durrani and Alexander Sims, who uh, continue to lead on 18.72, but just 10 points behind them with a great result today. Again, Conor Filippi and Nick Yellowley in the BMW for uh, BMW Team RLL. That's a tremendous result for them. Wasn't looking good at one stage, but it came good at the end. That strategy worked in their favour. Uh, thanks to those caution, full course cautions, which is, of course, why they made that stop in the first place. Mm. Uh, so it worked out perfectly for them. Great job by, by them. Uh, and uh, in the third position in the points now will be Ricky mm. Taylor and Philip Albuquerque. So moving from fifth to third on 18.43. So the top uh, three teams in GTP covered now by... What's that? 39 points. Wow. So really, really tight. Let's go the to uh, Mike Skeen, who's with Shea now uh, here on Michelin Post Race Tech. Shea. Mike, finally a podium, and it comes at a track that's so difficult to try and get on the podium. So how hard were you guys having to push and save fuel in the Mercedes? Yeah, absolutely. That last stint was super tough. Uh, all those yellows kind of brought it to us in the last, you know, 10 minutes maybe we were able to push. But, um, yeah, lots of fuel saving for a long time there and really hard to keep the Aston at bay with the straight line speed difference. So uh, glad to hold on to it, bring Korthoff up on the podium. You know, it's been a long time since Sebring last year until we've been on the podium. And to do it in a, a sprint race, too, is nice. Uh, and this is one of my favorite tracks. So I love coming here and uh, hopefully we can start getting higher up on the podium in the few races to come. Is this going to be the portent that uh, turns the tide of the momentum for you guys? Do you feel like this was what you needed? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, we've been, we've had performance, no doubt, um, and lots of good lap times and well-run races and just little, little things getting in the way. Um, you know, the last few races, maybe it could have been here up on the podium and just tiny stuff gets in the way. So hopefully now we can get all that behind us and start executing well like we did today and um, collect some more trophies. Congrats. Thank you. And you can tell him, Shea, he's just moved up from 11th to 5th in the point standings in GTD there. Jeremy's uh, just let me know that. Sorry, Jeremy, I was I interrupted you there as you were about to do GTP manufacturers, were you? Yeah, I was, actually. Uh, with the maximum points today uh, and yesterday, because there's points for, uh, for pole position as well, Acura 
Uh, now move up to third place. It's still Cadillac that will lead despite finishing fourth and, and, and last of the manufacturers. They'll have 2079, 2079 to the 2032 of BMW. Uh, just three points behind them now are Acura, which move off the basement up into third ahead of Porsche on 1985. So again, super tight there. We, you know, we've had wins for all four manufacturers uh, in uh, GTP. This is the uh, uh, second win of the season for uh, uh, for Acura. They were allowed to keep the maximum points from Daytona, what was Acura, in the Manufacturer Championship. Uh, well, mainly because the... Uh, the uh, Infraction. Well, yeah, but the, the, the Ricky Taylor car, the, the Conoco Minolta car, oh, yeah. actually finished second, so, so they, 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 got got many, the uh, yeah. they got four points there. So it's Acura's second win of the season, fair and square, whichever way you look at it. Yeah. Um, thank you. Uh, let's go through some of the listener uh, points arising. Hashtag Michelin PRT here uh, on RS2. Well, I mean, first of all, Jeremy, a cracking race. Yeah, it got a bit untidy in the second half. Well, let's take the first half of that race first. I was absolutely intrigued. And quite clearly, in all of the classes... Maybe take out LMP3, but certainly in GTP, GTD Pro and GTD, there were teams there that thought they might get, that we might be in for a full green race because there were people who were prepared to start playing the strategy cards pretty early. BMW with the number 25 card did exactly that, for example, at the front of the field. Um, I thought that was very interesting. Uh, we'll discuss that in a moment because we've got Patrick Peeley with Shea and we'll grab him before he goes up onto stage. Shea? He worked really hard today, did Patrick Pile. That was a lot of effort for FAF Motorsport to get up on the podium. It's not a win for the hometown team, but a second today with the car you had, does it feel a little like a win? It's a win. I mean, <laughs> honestly, on track, we are P5 on pure pace. But the team make like amazing job, Klaus as well at the beginning to keep the tires and go long. I mean, we have no other possibilities. We do our best. Honestly, the race is perfect. And uh, yeah, restart was uh, a bit hot and we lost a position. But anyway, I think we have to congratulate Corvette because they, they are really quick today. They make a, a great race and we cannot follow. I mean, I try my best. I was sideways everywhere, but we're missing pace. So just so proud of the team. And uh, now we see what, what the future brings. On to Lime Rock. Yeah, exactly. Normally it's a good track for us, but we need a bit of help. And Klaus, I just want to ask you really quick, because you tested here a couple weeks ago to get to know the track. How much different is it when you're racing versus when you're testing? Yeah, of course, it's a different story. Um, but it, I have to say it was really good. I mean, it's. I, I look forward when I'm, when I'm next year here, hopefully in IMSA, because I know all the tracks, so it will be a different story. Um, I really like this track, honestly. Uh, it's very fast. Uh, it's, I, was, I was quite good from the first uh, outings here, so I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I hope we also will be here next year at this track. Congratulations, guys. Just wait for the cheer when you go up on the podium representing Canada. It's going to be pretty good. Jeremy, uh, really good run by Faf there. Yeah, absolutely right. And we heard uh, Jordan Taylor say he wasn't the fastest car. Well, he got the fastest lap of the race uh, and they closed down the uh, 
the, the Lexus before it had its problems. So the, nothing wrong with the pace of the Corvette, which did get a, a, a break and a balanced performance this weekend. That set the fastest lap in the, in the, in, of all the GTD cars at one minute, 16.508. Uh, Patrick Pillay's car, the fastest lap was set by Klaus Backler, mm. first time here, at a 116.895. So, yeah, three-tenths of a second. Yeah, you know, it, it's uh, in, in qualifying... Uh, it was Backler who qual who qualified the car. Uh, did a 15.5 in qualifying, I, 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 and the Porsche did get uh, a break coming into this weekend. They got an extra millimeter, uh, uh, yeah, one and a half millimeters, quite a lot, uh, worth sort of eight or nine horsepower. Uh, I think that brought brought them back into into the realm. Look, so, look where the yeah, they might not have been uh, quite on the pace of the Corvette, but mm. not far behind. That's for sure. Look where the other Porsches were. All right, GTD Porsches, but you know, um, seventh, eighth, and ninth from teams like Wright Motorsport, Kelly Ross, yeah, uh, Kelly Moss with was, Riley. I, I think as much as that, uh, John was down to track position. Mm. Uh, we talked about the key uh, earlier on. You know, it's awfully difficult to make a pass here, and uh, you're looking at the fastest laps of each of the cars. Um, yeah, they're, they're uh, not uh, uh, a million miles not, away. That's not for, sure. for the first time. Um, a Porsche team caught my eye for the BDO No Strategy Award. I, I think had it not been for the enormity of what Maya Shank Racing um, achieved there, because that, that was a huge chance that they took uh, at that point. They could not have known how many yellows and how much yellow they were going to get. So it was literally, as Mike Shank said, rolling the dice. I thought Faf once again did a fantastic job uh, in the same way that Wright Motorsport did uh, earlier on this season uh, at the uh, at the uh, Rolex 24. I think we've lost Shay, so we'll not get any more. Although I can still hear her. I don't think she can hear, hear us. Uh, so we'll wrap up. Uh, we'll uh, uh, wrap up with a few more listener questions. Uh, and I, I was talking about the start of the race, Jeremy, and, and those early strategy calls. I, I think a lot of people thought it was going to be a full green race here. Yes, and you know, we, we were an hour and 17 minutes, I think it was, before we had the first uh, full course caution of the day. And it was a, a fascinating contest. Uh, and, you know, the first stint of the race is always going to be different to the last teams not showing their full hand you know the, the final uh, segment of the race was when the, the better lap times were set by most of the contenders that's when it gets down to crunch time but uh, Colin Brown did a, a, once again a masterful job here uh, take take nothing away from uh, Tom Blomquist either who did a, a great job in that first stint uh, working his way through the traffic it's always more difficult when you're leading than it is to be followed uh, uh, but he was able to inch away from Ricky Taylor until they got to traffic each time, and then Ricky Taylor was able to close in again. But I thought it was a fascinating race all the way through. And it was certainly interesting to see how the the BMWs were turning some really good laps uh, towards the end uh, as well. But I, I think the Acuras uh, had uh, a bit of a, a speed advantage on just about uh, everybody here. Just look at their fastest laps. They both did a 107.5. Uh, but the fastest lap of the race, actually, was Alexander Sims, the one who was 7.4 in number 31 car. But they lost that track position. And what was also interesting, John, is to me, that final restart, both of the Cadillacs lost the position. I think they seem to be struggling a little bit more than the other GTB manufacturers to get heat and temperature into their tyres uh, and, and pressures into their tyres at the restart. Yeah, agree. Agree with that. Time of Van der Helm, number of people, uh, including Jesse Young, 
saying, what a young driver. Surely he's got to catch the eye of uh, Porsche. Is he a future factory driver holding off the factory cars in that last stint? Well, it won't have gone unnoticed, Jeremy, for sure. Uh, it certainly will not. Uh, I mean, he, he did a super job in, in each of the other two races he's done with this team. Uh, first of all, of course, at Welltech Raceway, Laguna Seca, and then last time out at Watkins Glen. I mean, he was very impressive for both of them. But today, the spotlight a bit more bit more on him because of the fact uh, of that strategy he was able to, to stay ahead or get ahead of the factory cars but he absolutely had the pace to stay there uh, it was a really really p fine performance by that young man I'm not going to go into all of the whys and wherefores but in the last well, quarter of an hour 20 minutes maybe a little bit more than that we did see some quite robust driving um I, I never second guess race control, although you can imagine there's a bit of a controversy. Um, one or two of our viewers and listeners uh, not seeing that the Felipe Fraga hip check and the um, Augusto Farfus, wasn't it, uh, pulling across on um, the 0 1 Cadillac of Ring of Andersander, not seeing them uh, to their mind treated the same. Uh, let's put that to one side. It, it, it was a little bit more frantic at the end, but that's what happens when you close the field back up again. I think I said in commentary, Jeremy, everybody was fighting everybody for a position there. And when you're coming through traffic, that sort, that's the sort of thing that happens. It is, uh, yeah. As I said a little while ago as well, that's not the way the way I would like to win or lose a race. Quite frankly, the Surely way Felipe agree. Fraga just sort of hip checked through there on on Garrett Grist, and uh, I'll, I'll stay by that. Yeah, was it worthy of a penalty? Well, perhaps not. I mean, yeah, Bo Barfield, who's the chief steward here, he always says to, to the drivers, "Race like you want to be raced," mm. um, and, and that's been the, the case now for for years. So you know. I feel really badly for Garrett Griss, who, who didn't put a foot wrong the entire race, nor no. uh, Ari Balog, who really would have deserved his first uh, win in LMP3. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, 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 there was a the door was slightly ajar. Uh, you have to you have to say, and uh, and uh, Felipe Fraga filled that filled that gap. So uh, he put his, he and, put uh, his foot in, didn't he? Yeah, he but really I mean, yeah, did. If, if if the door if the door had been closed beforehand, he wouldn't have had that opportunity to do so. Or you've had to hit him in the rear or something, do a, a bump and run, which, uh, which I hate. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I feel really badly, like I say, for Judy 3 Racing because they did an absolutely superb job today. Strategy was right. Garrett made a great uh, pass at the restart. I'm presuming that was cleared because I don't think we actually saw it. Um, but he got past Fraga at one of the restarts mm. uh, and held him off from there until, you know, just a, a few laps before the end. Um, in terms of uh, the, uh, in terms of what else was going on uh, around there, um, you know, Porsche fourth, fifth, and sixth. But I don't think Roger Penske will be happy, happy once again, uh, being beaten in a different series by a private Porsche that they've had for five minutes. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, and certainly interesting to me to, to look at the relative pace of the cars in terms of their fastest laps. Uh, mm. They. they 107.6 was the best lap by number seven car. 108.2, so half a second for number six car of, of Nick Tandy and Matthew Jaminet. It was Matthew Jaminet who set the faster lap time in that car. It's interesting that they should be that far apart, uh, to be honest. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, Porsche are going to be asking some questions. Yeah, and did you say they've now hit the bottom of the championship yeah. table? Mm, you yeah, say that's to, not back good. to the bottom. Yeah, yeah they, they 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 made up. A, a, they they were last early on, 
but then uh, uh, made up that ground, particularly with a win, of course, at, at Long Beach. But uh, you know they didn't get didn't get really anything right today, and they will lose out some ground. They did finish ahead of Cadillac. That's the good news for them. Uh, yeah. And for Cadillac, it was a really disappointing day. That was looking so good early on. Uh, then the zero one car and a number of people again mentioning this just looked wrong today. Yeah. Uh, now we we've seen, uh, and this is not really a criticism of uh, of. Sebastian Bourdais, um, he has struggled at times with that car, but when he hasn't, he's been very, very quick indeed. But even when Rengner got into it, that car just didn't look right. And we hadn't really had any any hints, any clue that it was quite, quote, that bad, unquote, in the early part of the weekend. So did they just miss their race set up, Jeremy? Was it too hot? Yeah. Was it, I don't know. No, it's strange. Uh, I, yeah, I, I do think, as I said a couple of minutes ago, I think they did seem to struggle to get some heat into their tyres. But, you know, in that, light, in that final stint, Renger van der Zender fell, fell back a bit from the, uh, from the BMW and they closed up that ground and, and, and actually made that, you know, tried to make that pass, didn't he, on the number 24 car, which didn't uh, end up uh, mm. very well, obviously. It was an understatement. But... I don't know. It was certainly a strange day for for, for Cadillac Racing because um, the Alexander Sims looked looked really fast. Uh, Peter Durrani looked uh, pretty quick in the uh, early stages as well. He, th those two, the, the two Cadillacs were running together in third and fourth, and Peter Durrani for sure was being held up by Bourdais. Who was as he said, as he told Shay Adam, was just struggling to get through the traffic, and that's really unusual for him. Uh, uh, yes. They'll be wanting to put that behind them now. The GTPs have a wee bit of a rest because they're not back until uh, Road America, of course, which is the beginning of August. Although we'll reconfigure -con um, and reconvene ourselves at the FCP Euro Northeast Grand Prix presented by Liquid Molly at uh, Lakeville, Connecticut, at Lime Rock Park, uh, where we have some of the WeatherTech Championship. It's the GTs uh, and the GT, the GTDs and the GT Pros. We've got the Pilot Challenge with just the uh, TCR cars and another couple of rounds of the VP Racing Sports Car Championship. An opportunity for the GTPs to go away and do a bit more testing, Jeremy. Maybe uh, just think about getting into the last uh, the last few races of the year. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's been a hectic time for them, hasn't mm. it? With Watkins Glen, the six hours just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, for many of them, the Le Mans uh, well, break as well. Hardly a break, is it, going to 24 hours of Le Mans? So it's been a really busy time for them. So I'm sure they will appreciate this. A little bit of time off to regroup and get ready for the next round. Uh, it's a little bit different for those of you uh, who are going to join in with us. It's Friday and Saturday, the 21st and 22nd of July at the Bullring that is at Lime Rock Park. And the two races are on Saturday. So the two feature races, the WeatherTech race is first at just after midday. And then we close on Saturday afternoon in early evening with the Michelin Pilot Challenge uh, as far as uh, our coverage is concerned. So make sure you keep an eye on imsaradio.com and also uh, on radiolamont.com. 
Well, we love the racing at the old school Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. Call it Mosport. 1961 to 2023. It's always been a challenge for drivers, for engineers, for tyres, uh, even for us commentators at time. But once again, it delivered in spades over two cracking main races this weekend for the Pilot Challenge on Saturday and the WeatherTech race today. Well done to Maya Shank Racing. A bit of redemption for them winning overall. Riley in P3, Corvette uh, in GTD Pro and Paul Miller Racing for GTD. On behalf of Jeremy and Shea and everyone else, thanks Curry and Tim. Bye for now. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.